Hey, welcome to episode 114 of Bono's Health. I am joined by Dr. Nate Henry, who is down in Colorado Springs, based out of there, uh, in the Air Force. I'm, I want to make sure I'm not getting any of this wrong. I'm just driving right now. Uh, some of these drivers, man, ever, I'm recording these. It's just more efficient for me as I do this as I drive. But uh, I got to keep keep saying, some of these Colorado drivers, man, they are they are questionable. Gonna keep keep throwing that out there. So back to the episode 114. Nate Henry, uh, he I met him teaching dry needling one, and more recently I took the second version of that dry needling two through the American Academy of Manual Therapists. Um, they their website spinalmanipulation.org. They have an osteopractor uh, program, kind of combining osteopathic medicine, the, the medicine of bones and uh, osteo just uh, is, is bones, and then uh, practor I think is a playoff chiropractor. Uh, I forget the exact root of the word. I love love me some etymology. I believe that's am I saying that right? Etymology is is the root of words. Um, Want to make sure I get that right. I should double check that. Um, but yeah, so osteopractors. Dry needling has been really cool to play with, to uh, practice with as, you know, medical practice. That's what we're doing here. I've seen some really, really good results with it. Um, very upset that in New York and California, two of the states I was before moving here to Colorado, uh, I guess the acupuncturists just block uh, to protect their own financial interests. They block the ability for physical therapists to do that. And it's just not super high on the physical therapy lobbying list of, of what are we going to put money towards and fight um and it's a whole different it's a whole complicated thing and but most of the states in the u.s allow dry needling um i'm not going to go into the whole uh, mechanics of that right now but it's a fun fun conversation we get a little into it uh with nate here and uh yeah hope you guys enjoy the episode uh, otherwise excited to keep bringing them back to you a little more consistently sorry for the out of order numbers uh that's that's on me 100 percent uh, I don't know who else it would be on. It's not on you, dear listener. But uh, without further ado, jump in, dive in, let's go. Don't forget to share with someone you like, subscribe, save. Here we go. So now, yes, no, there there it is. There, there we are live. We got Joe Walsh. Life's been good. I don't think they're going to come at us with copyright infringement anytime soon. <laughs> uh, and joined by Dr. Nate Henry. Still had silver in my mind. I don't know why. I apologize. Uh, joining us from Colorado Springs, we're going to let the song rock a little. Um, how is the fine city of Colorado Springs today, Nate? Oh, man, we're living the dream here in Colorado Springs. I just rode my bike for about an hour this morning. Uh, that's, you know, we think of Denver as being like a mountain town, but you still got to go a long ways to hit the mountain trails. And here in Colorado Springs, it's five minutes, like literally five minutes. And, uh, and I'm biking. So it's great. So I'm new to, to Colorado in general, but mountain biking especially, I did not know that they had the same, it makes sense, they have the same color grades as skiing, because it's sometimes the yeah. same trail. So, yeah. yeah, you do green, blue, black, double double black, diamond, I guess. So what, what levels are you on on the bike? Oh, I'll tell you what. So I started uh, skiing. I grew up in Utah, but mm. I never went downhill skiing, which my wife finds crazy. Odd. <laughs> so she, yeah. when we moved here to Colorado, she started taking me snowboarding and skiing, and mm. I am full fledged green still. <laughs> still okay. And uh, actually, that's probably true on the bike. I might be, mm. I might have gone down a like a little bluish trail this morning. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry, Joe Walsh. Don't sue us wherever you are. <laughs> yeah, and, and Nate just said, uh, "I like 
70s rock. I was like, that's that's a random song I'm going to pull out from 70s rock. Works. Um, cool. Well, we are here. I, I, don't, I wanted to connect uh, with Dr. Nate um, for a while. I took his course. He was the instructor of my dry needling certification. That was a little over a year ago. I think yeah, it was August of 2021. Uh, my license is up for renewal. So I hope that satisfies my continuing education uh, <laughs> hours uh, for, for the state of Colorado. I got to double check that it's, uh, due kind of next month. So anyway, uh, but yeah, we've been, we've been trying to connect and here we are finally, uh, this, this is a busy man. He's doing a lot of things, got his hands in many pots as the, the saying goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to talk about some of those things. And again, I, I very much enjoyed, um, the approach to the dry needling. Cause I was actually a skeptic. And for anyone who's not familiar, um, the state of New York where I practiced before in the state of California are two of the only states where physical therapists like us are not allowed to do dry needling um, because of very simply uh, a strong acupuncture lobby, basically, and a bunch of politics and and practice acts and all sorts of nonsense that doesn't make a lot of sense, like a lot of things in life. Um, and well, we so, covered some of that in our course. Yeah, right? we had yeah, a, we talked a, a lot about the what happened yeah. in Florida mm-hmm. um, with that opening of the practice act. Uh, it's interesting. I've, I've since. Uh, befriended a very good acupuncturist here who's also in the fitness space. And uh, I was ta- talking a little bit of shop with him on that side of things. And he said that uh, the Colorado acupuncturists are really thinking about like pushing hard to get to block any other profession from from doing needles. So I don't know if you've heard about that or um, if there's Well, any- they tried it. Uh, they tried it with us. Um, what was that? 2017, I think it was. Um that uh, we, we successfully maintained. I mean, Colorado is one of the first pl- places that we could needle. And, uh, and then we came under fire for it in 2017 and, and we were able to kind of push back on that in the state of Colorado, uh, thanks to uh, Dr. Cameron McDonald. He was our mm-hmm. president at the time. I'd like to meet that man sometime. He's uh, <laughs> very smart and, and uh, he made some good things happen. Awesome. If you're out there, Dr. McDonald, I want you, I want you on the show. <laughs> yeah, sketch on the show. Um, we can do it. We can do the the multi screen, you know, CNN, whatever Fox. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, talk, talking heads, but yeah, um, yeah. So that's a whole nother topic. Uh, we don't want to start offending anyone, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was. Oh, a hey, no, so so just so you know, I, I'm a, I'm a very collaborative practitioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked with chiropractors in a business before. Working with one now um, in our business with Physio Room. Uh, we, we've had acupuncturists take our dry needling course. Um, I've had, I've had, uh, you, you wouldn't believe the kind of practitioners I've had on that course, uh, either a spinal manipulation course or a dry needling course. I've had, uh, <clears throat> of course, uh, physical therapists and occupational therapists, but also athletic trainers, because in some States they're allowed to do those types of things. Yeah, there was at least uh, one in my course from California. Yeah. Right. Um, We've got, I've, I've had uh, MDs, of course, dentists on the course before, um, acupuncturists. So I've had chiropractors, multiple chiropractors mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. on uh, even a manipulation course. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then the one that is always surprising is when I had a veterinarian. <laughs> veterinarian on the course. That was pretty good. Well, yeah, after I took your course and we have a, a, a dog and uh, I started, I, some of that came up and there is someone here at the uh, Colorado University in Boulder that I think I uh, forgot her name. I have it saved somewhere and I've been meaning to reach out to her to see if I can do a little certification specifically for dogs. 
Yeah. Um, as, as our dog, I'm sure gets older and gets a little arthritis. There's, there's some benefits for that. It seems so, uh, I definitely would like to figure out how to get them to not squirm. And <laughs> I'm sure that's the big, big part of that. I've got, uh, two colleagues, uh, at Fort Carson when they finish up their military commitment or their civilian, uh, contract, they're, they're so anxious to just do dog therapy canine therapy yeah They're like hey I've, I've had my fill of humans <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's got to be pretty interesting and again i it's something uh you know i i never had a dog until my wife was like we're getting a dog and i was like okay um and that changed changed life a little bit uh but mm -hmm, yeah i'm mm -hmm. definitely I, I love every dog i come in contact with those few exceptions uh the ones that you want to punt off a bridge the the little the little yappy one sorry to <laughs> anyone out there as as, the yappy as, dog. as we saw an anchor man and I was like that's 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 what i might do anyway um but no i love i love uh dogs and that's something for very interesting that uh i, I would love to explore personally but uh coming back to to what you got going on again so the continuing education and that is through the american academy of manual therapist Ma manipulative manipulative therapy, therapy. Yep. sorry that's right uh, i was like i know as, as i started saying i was like i should have just let you say it um <laughs> that's a the, the website is actually spinalmanipulation.org mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and you guys use the term and i think you're the only ones who really use that uh, osteopractor osteopractor yeah that's right. a trademark term for mm -hmm. those that have completed uh the 10 courses that we offer from the american academy of manipulative therapy and so osteo just referring to bones and practitioner yep. is kind of a play on chiropractor. Um. Oh no, practitioner means practitioner. Practitioner. I mean, so we're we're you know I mean if you want to get down to semantics, it's bone practitioner. Okay. Uh, really, what we use it for is to denote an expert manual therapist. What uh, what is what is chiro the then? Uh, chiro is hand. Hand. So actually, uh, with the hands, the, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. so if we get down to brass tacks, their their profession is a, a hand practitioner. Mm. <laughs> uh but the, the you know it, it's in the name so. yeah yeah i was thinking of roots of words i'm always fascinated by that too but i was yeah there's a chiral is like the spiral chiral something there it's a virus uh possibly all right um, well, we, we won't, we, won't. Chi <laughs> and we get division and, mm. and uh, chi anyway, square my, my latin and my greek is just not <laughs> well uh so maybe someone can can message us who is a little better at the uh, the roots of words etymology etymology yeah there you go etymology uh, yeah uh, something I've always been fascinated with but clearly not an expert in um, so the continuing education is something you do uh, and teaching again dry needling uh, as well as uh, spinal manipulation right. um, so very cool and I actually just had Ursan religioso on uh, I believe earlier last week. Uh, and he, if you're familiar with him, uh, he does modern manual therapy. So he teaches some uh, manipulation courses as well. Not sure if mm. you've ever crossed paths with him. Uh, and doesn't doesn't ring a bell, but wouldn't mind looking into it. Yeah. Um, he was talking about, uh, he told a little bit of a funny anecdote of how um, there's these like, uh, you know, medical doctor or, or orthopedic surgeon reacts to videos and they chose his video talking about bad manipulations. Um, and so he was... A, they used this video without permission, and B, obviously <laughs> they were they were talking about chiropractor, so they assumed he was a chiropractor. And again, it was a it was a whole thing apparently. But anyway, uh, it went viral. You know, I've, seen, uh, I've seen several videos like that before. There was one uh, spine surgeon in particular that I watched. Uh, he was he was awesome. He was not there to poo poo another mm -hmm. profession. He was just wanting to learn. 
-hmm. and and then he also discussed some of the uh mechanisms that are happening with mm. with a manipulation he just seemed i don't know i you know i i like to protect my profession too and mm -hmm. want to promote my profession as best i can but i really like uh, approaching things from a collaborative effort so I'm I'm not too quick to criticize others. Uh, I will if there's <laughs> if it's warranted, but right. I like to uh, to kind of gather all my facts first. You're you're not the Adam Meekins uh, of the world. Well, or... I'm not, I I won't go there either. I mean, yeah. That's, uh, that's, so uh, for anyone not familiar, I'll just I'll just summarize that for anyone listening. And basically, <laughs> within the physical therapy profession, I'm not even going to speak specifically about Adam, but. Um, just there's a lot of back and forth and my way is the right way. And, uh, you know, the Internet allows for a lot of that debate. And hopefully I've always, I've kept saying this for the last few years with a lot of the, the stuff we've seen on the Internet of like there's a lot going on right now. And I think the dust hopefully will settle and we will kind of have the cream rising to the top of like, oh, OK, we can finally realize like all of this over here is kind of nonsense. And there is some validity to this and getting a little more real exposure and being able to have more more in-depth conversations so that's the hope i think for me at least well, yeah for me too and some consensus um i call it the the facebook mafia and the twitterati yep. right mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. uh, just come in and and uh, be are very critical uh right. without really establishing a fair uh argument i think yeah anyway. yeah yeah. yeah. I mean, and funny, uh, at some point I was trying to promote dry needling services here and I did a post and I think one of my hashtags was like, I said better than chiropractic, physical therapy, acupuncture, well, like the hashtags. And somebody was like, how dare you say it's better than acupuncture or whatever. And I was like, eh, like all right. You know, I ended up taking it down, but like, <laughs> I was like, it's different, different than, and again, you get into nuance and it's not as attention grabbing and anyway, oh, that's sure. kind of, yeah kind of the nature of, of that whole thing. But yeah, so the continuing education stuff uh, that you're doing, um, I don't know if you want to you want to speak about that or again, shout out the, the organization. Again, I, I, my experience and the reason I chose you guys other than relatively uh, fair price point, I would say, um, <laughs> compared to some of the other dry needling certifications out there um, was a little bit of the, um, and, and you definitely lived up to the, the expectation of rationalization of talking scientifically what does the evidence say not saying this is what's happening it's these are the proposed mechanisms this is what we know here's a 300 you know references for you to peruse at your own leisure but like this is my way i speak about it to my patients uh this is the and, and again i've just found significantly i i feel very confident even after one weekend course uh being able to apply my many years of physical therapy training uh, and, and, you know, I always kind of throw out the statistic. I think I've spent over half a million dollars in education, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sure you've actually done a lot more. This man has, uh, more degrees and random, I'd, you have a bachelor's, uh, in, uh, psychology with a minor in Portuguese and, uh, military sciences and all this, <laughs> and then at least two, a doctorate in physical therapy. And then, uh, there's other, other a doctorate, a doctorate in sports, physical therapy. I mean, it's not, you know, it's the. A terminal degree anyway a yeah. doctor of science degree yeah mm -hmm. so yeah bottom line is i, I do want to shout out the american academy of manipulative therapies therapies therapists therapy aamt um and not to be confused with aaompt uh more letter soup as everyone in this profession loves to do um and so uh shouting them out again for having this very Again, a lot of people use the term evidence-based practice, but I do think you guys are really living up to that and not just, um, you know, throwing a bunch of references in there and trying to kind of do it. I, I, I've seen some 
uh, half-assed approaches at evidence-based practice. I just, again, was very happy with the approach and the way you led that course, which is one of the reasons I wanted to, to follow up and have you on oh, here. And yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate being on. I mean, we, we really do try to not just follow the evidence, but uh, continue research in this regard. Mm -hmm. uh, probably one of the most widely published um, uh, groups of people in multiple articles, at least recent articles. Uh, if you go to our website at uh, spinalmanipulation.org, and click on the research tab you can you can see all the research that we've been doing and uh you'll get some criticisms that hey you guys are the ones that teach this stuff so there's a conflict of interest and i mean i i hear you it, it's just if anybody's ever done a randomized control trial it <laughs> is really hard to to uh manipulate that trial to say what you want it to say you you have to register the trial before you even start Right, you have to right, say, hey, right. this is what we're going to do. This is the process we're going to follow. And you can't really deviate from that and just make up statistics when you're done. You have to, you, you have to do what you said you were going to do. And the, the thing that I like in several of the articles that we published or uh, uh, randomized controlled trials that we've done and then subsequently published is it, we're not making wild claims out of these things. It's like, hey, uh, these, they're, they're pretty reasonable results. Now, they're really good. Uh, for instance, a, a patient's uh, global rating of change. I'm sure you're familiar with that scale. Mm -hmm. um, in order to have a, a, a minimal clinically important difference with a global rating of change, it, it needs to be a plus two, right? That's what the literature says. But when we do it, we say our articles, we're either establishing it as a plus four or a plus five. We say, hey, if we don't reach plus four or plus five, we're, we're not even going to say there was a difference because we want it to be kind of unequivocal that there was a difference. So we kind of make it harder on ourselves in that regard, uh, yeah. trying to have a positive change there. And then when you look at the results, we're, we're, we're getting numbers needed to treat of like two or three, maybe four people, not the typical 12 or 13 or 20 that you see in some of those trials. And so the reason I bring that up is because if anybody's critical of our articles that we publish, um, I would say your, your risk of, of, uh, trying this out it's just really really low uh, mm -hmm. try, try it with two patients now you got to give it a good old college try i mean <laughs> it's you know these articles include six to eight sessions not just one session and done but mm -hmm. six to eight sessions call it good old college try with two patients um tell tell me if one of those doesn't get better i, I you know you're gonna have my email at the end of this email me and let me know um mm -hmm. and uh we it's just, it, it's good research. Um, it's uh, interesting research and it's applicable to right. uh, most of our folks that practice physical therapy. Yeah. And I feel like there's still a huge disconnect, unfortunately, between what, what we would call traditional physical therapy, um, you know, insurance-based physical therapy. And, I, and that's the next kind of topic here we're talking about is hoping to advance the profession. Uh, and, and obviously we need to do the groundwork. You guys are doing that. You're you're leading the charge there, but there's also this been the shift, and I've been in this this model for a while of cash-based physical therapy, oh. not having to respond to insurance where people say, "Hey, do you take my insurance?" If you do, and if you're in that model, it's really coming down to okay, overlooking at it's not necessarily you know something more complicated like global rating of change, but it's just like okay, is, is your shoulder range of motion 150 degrees? Now it's 160 degrees. Yeah, now it's yeah. 170 degrees. Uh, cool, you're making progress. And again, your activities of daily living, 
are what they are. And so that's a system that, again, is not as far from perfect. I think we can all agree. Anyone who's been in that system, um, it is a system. <laughs> and one of my favorite quotes is every system is perfectly designed to get the results it gets. And unfortunately, again, it's it's just kind of um, it feels very blase, honestly. And as someone who's been and seen how the sausage is made, so to speak, um, it, it just it's frustrating. So the cash based model very differently is, you know, people who and, and you're, you're working with PT biz um, and Danny Mate, uh, who I'm having on tomorrow, oh, nice. <laughs> ironically. Yeah. Um, and we did, didn't know that uh, you guys even worked together uh, when we booked all that. But uh, yeah, just randomly, it's like, hey, uh, you know, I've been following his stuff for a while and thought I'd have him on here. Uh, we've crossed paths a few different times and things like that. So anyway, but PT Biz is, uh, you know, a great organization. I'll let you speak on that for a second here. If, if uh, of just, again, pushing the, the envelope with cash-based physical therapy and what that means. Yeah, I mean, uh, so just... I, there's a lot to unpack there. So mm -hmm. stop me if I'm talking too much. No, but, no. Uh, I started, um, actually I, Danny and I went to physical therapy school together and graduated in 2010. He is the, the lucky chump that got stationed in Hawaii. And I was <laughs> the, the poor sucker that got stationed in Georgia. So, mm. but I ended up in Georgia, ended up loving Georgia. Anyway, uh, he came, he left, uh, Hawaii in 2013 to come, then he got stationed in Georgia. He was pretty mad, even though he ended up uh, staying in Atlanta. But uh, while he was down there, we just he he started talking this cash pay thing, and it intrigued me a little bit. I was working some home health at the time on my own time, and and uh, it's like, gosh, it'd be a lot more fun to do the, these night and weekend gigs with with the type of person that really I'm designed to work with, you know? <laughs> and uh, so Danny started his cash pay thing there in Columbus, Georgia. And within about a year or so he left, but before he left, I got some training from him. I'm not too proud to, to have a, a, a person that's kind of junior to me, um, mentor me. Uh, <laughs> Dan, Danny's almost 10 years younger than me, but I, I could see that he was onto something. So mm -hmm. When he went up to Atlanta, actually, even before he went up to Atlanta, I, I started my cash pay practice in Columbus, Georgia. And uh, since then, a couple of things. One, the value that we provide. Uh, Columbus, Georgia is a very low cost of living area. And uh, I was still, it was not a problem for those patients there to pay $150 an hour back in 2013 mm -hmm. for my physical therapy services. Really, they didn't bat an eye to do it. They, they saw the value of it, probably more so than I did. And uh, that, uh, that kind of, uh, a couple of things that I saw was one, they understood the value. Two, two they, uh, they treated my profession and what I had to do, what I had to provide for them very seriously. I mean, now, can you imagine if every patient that came to see you was like writing down everything that you say, and then <laughs> they made little checklists out of it. And then when they came back to see you at their follow-up, they're like, well, I got this one, this one, and this one done. I didn't quite do this one. Instead of the typical thing that we deal with in traditional physical therapy, which is, oh yeah, uh, I kind of, I didn't get to it. Or you ask them to show you your, their exercises and it is not even close to what you should. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't take it seriously or value what you're providing for them yeah and so, it goes to the the those who pay pay attention and especially uh -huh. you know who's going to get more out of 
a, a service if you're charging $50 a month for some kind of generic program or someone who's paying you $1,000 a month. Uh, they're probably, we, you know, anyone listening should know uh, which of those two folks are probably most likely more times than not going to get more out of that program. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, in 2015 or 16, uh, Danny was kind of doing really well with his cash pay practice. And I, I don't want to steal his thunder, whatever he's going to talk about tomorrow. But at one point uh, we were emailing back and forth and I said, you know, you figured out this, this, uh, cash pay in a gym kind of model. You should teach some other people to do it. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm sure he would have done that anyway, had I suggested or not, but uh, then he came out with his book and, uh, yeah, up there <laughs> and, uh, established PT biz. And since then, we I, I just came back from his mastermind last week, 200 individuals that were there trying to learn to be business people. And, um, I'm, I'm all about, education, continuing education, mm -hmm. I, I, all things physical therapy, as well as uh, uh, trying to just be a better human. I've done some some uh, financial training uh, mm -hmm. that might be non-traditional. I've done some, honestly, some style training. You might not know it by looking at me, but uh, things are improved, <laughs> trust me. And uh, the, so I, I'm all about this continuing education. One thing that we leave behind in the physical therapy world is just being good business owners. Own, yeah. you know, owning people and that's not owning people, but, uh, managing people or leading mm -hmm. people. And, and, uh, Danny, uh, now that I'm exiting the military, he, he recognized that leadership is something that people need as they, uh, uh, start hiring people and managing people. And they realize, Oh, maybe I don't know how to do this, you know? And so he's asked me to come on and kind of help with that a little bit. And I, it's been a delight. Last week, I talked with those therapists about uh, leadership, particularly leading or managing one person, because that's what they have in the beginning is they hire one person and uh, then two or three or five. And of course, the dynamic change once changes what, once you're managing 10 or 20. But uh, uh, it's been it's been real fun. So. That's uh, teaching manipulation and dry needling are not the only things that I'm involved with. <laughs> I, uh, I also teach a little bit for Indiana State University physical therapy program. I'm heading out there this Saturday to uh, wow. teach there next week. So that is that um, is not the Hoosiers. Hoosiers are Indiana. No, no, Indiana State. <laughs> the, their one claim, their one claim to fame is uh, Larry Bird. Right? Ah. And that's where Larry Bird came from. Yes, and yes. nothing else since then. They'll even tell you. <laughs> Now they can claim uh, Dr. Nate Henry. Oh, okay. There we go. There you yeah, go. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah. So we touched on a lot of the, the, the concepts. So we got um, cash-based practice. Um, and uh, yeah, just from what you've seen, I guess, is, is that, and also, again, you've been involved with a little bit of the political stuff with the needling. Um, so do you see the American Physical Therapy Association, the governing body, I, this is a genuine kind of question here, of, and on the state level or on the national level, recognizing more of this kind of change, this push that's happening grassroots because it's not happening on a huge professional level. There's all these masterminds, there's all these uh, business coaching folks mm, yeah. um, where there used to be when I was a student, just the private practice section. And that was kind of what was there. And I think, yeah. uh, you know, again, without necessarily throwing anyone under the bus per se, uh, hopefully it doesn't come across that, but it seemed to not be meeting the needs of most of this kind of evolution in what physical therapy is becoming and where the industry is going. Uh, the Wayne Gretzky quote of, you know, go where the puck is going, not where it is right now. Uh, um, very good. That, that was his secret to the thing. So it seems the profession is definitely moving 
in that way, um, the industry, whether it's personal trainers, whether it's other types of healers, Reiki, you know, I'm here in Boulder, we got crystal healers and energy healers and all this stuff. But <laughs> sure. at the end of the day, uh, yeah, I guess my, that's my question is what have you seen? And, and it, are you hopeful with the direction things are going just from this grassroots approach again, 200 clinicians uh, representing, I assume at least 200 businesses um, mm -hmm. around the country at a weekend course is phenomenal. Um, and, you know, that's probably just scratching the surface, but yeah, there's still this huge, um, I've heard statistics like, uh, you know, that's still probably only 1% of the, 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 the physical therapy profession oh, in our country. Yeah, yeah for if, sure. If 1%. <laughs> tons, tons of growth on the horizon. I'm sure Danny will talk more about that than I could speak to now. I, this is what I see. And, uh, and you know, it's, this is the opinion of Nate Henry. Um, it's, it's not just the physical therapy world that is going this direction. I mean, we're talking all kinds of healthcare are going this direction. And two, mm -hmm. I think two things contribute to that. One is just transparency. Mm -hmm. uh, how many times does somebody go to see their doc? Yeah, they're covered. They've got insurance. And then on the back end, and it's probably three or four or six months later, they receive a bill for, hey, and, and, and they had honestly had no idea what it was going to cost them to get those services. They just, right. they, well, my insurance takes it. And then, and then I'll see what comes out on the backside. And, I mean, you have, you have doctors now, surgeons now, where you can walk into their office. And I mean, I don't want it to sound like a fast food menu, but it's, it's listed. Yep. Hey, this surgery costs this much. Mm -hmm. This, this service costs this much. And then you, and then at least, you know, right. And then we have our health savings accounts and other types of uh, ways that we can pay for healthcare that it's uh, fee for service and providing value is going to be much more important mm -hmm, i mean mm -hmm. and 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 it changes how those practices operate i mean probably the the number one thing that it forces me to do as a cash provider um is to start on time mm. number one i when a patient comes to see me they're not going to wait 20 or 30 minutes or an hour to mm -hmm. see me there we we will start on time right the appointments at 10 o'clock we are starting at 10 o'clock assuming okay. you don't get your time zones mixed up mr time zones mixed up like we did today, right? that's, that that's all right the travel comes from the travel but that, yeah that's like okay. I said, that did happen to me yesterday and i had to reconcile that and all, all you have to do to fix that is just change the start time then yeah. then you're okay but anyway but we start on time yeah and and then we end on time and so appointments at 10 they're walking out at 10 55 mm -hmm. and uh Man, just that alone, saving time for people, that, that's where it starts to become more worth it. Additionally, when you start to compare what it actually costs to work with me in a cash pay setting for, I don't know, you know, six to 10 sessions, you compare that to your deductible and then what your insurance will cover and then what comes out on the back end, uh, it comes out... Additionally, that one hour is spent entirely with me, not with right. assisted personnel. So, mm -hmm. I mean, when, once you balance cost average, all that stuff, it comes out to be about the same. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think we're going to see that not just our profession. I think we're going to see that over the next decade, mm -hmm. with multiple professions where, uh, where the cost is a little bit more transparent. Yeah, and there was this new act uh, put forth, uh, begin, I believe January 1st of this year, the No Surprises Act. Um, so I, I, I'm still understanding that and how it affects different professions and things like that. But basically, yeah, if someone came to me today 
and rolled an ankle and said, Hey, like what's this going to, you know, how's, how much is it going to cost? How many sessions can we expect? The idea behind the no surprises act is you're supposed to say, well, again, it can cost a thousand dollars over five sessions, a $200 session, whatever the the rates and numbers are. And you kind of want to throw that out there. You're not held to that, but I do think it's, it's going to be an interesting thing, how that progresses and what kind of evolution of that we see. So yeah, I, I think there are some positive things going on there and I'll shout out um, Jerry Durham, who I had on episode 35 of this show. And I, I didn't say what number this is. I think this is 114 that we're recording mm-hmm. now. Uh, yeah. So uh, coming up on almost 100 episodes ago. Uh, but yeah, Jerry Durham talks about the the life cycle of the client and taking them through and having them understand what that entire journey is like. Um, and you know that starts at the front desk and he does a lot of work with front desk training and um, making sure that again, when someone calls and says, hey, do you take my insurance? what's the right answer there? <laughs> and that's a very common thing that I think most cash-based physical therapists have to contend with. And hopefully, again, as, as we all practice more and we all see how people respond more, public knowledge still is significantly lacking in what we do as a profession. And again, I've struggled with that. I've, I've uh, you know, uh, even talking to Jerry back in episode 35, I was like, I don't know if I want to call myself a physical therapist because now I have to say, well, well, I'm not like all those other guys. Um, sure, sure. <laughs> Uh, I don't do hot packs and e-stim. And again, uh-huh. I'm not going to have you laying there for 30 minutes and, and you know, where I'm not even hanging out with you. So uh, it's very different model. And to your point about the research is I think it's very hard to put this comprehensive cash-based model of multidisciplinary concepts. And it's like, hey, when I need to refer you out to women's health, I'm going to do that. And now we're going to have better outcomes, um, you know, which I pretty much, you know, I've, I've had a number of uh, pelvic health PTs on here and uh, it's one of my first things with almost any female and, and some males where I say, hey, you should go do that. I'm not going to do that for you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's very important, I think, to your back health. Um, and I've just had really good success to your point about um, collaborative efforts. So, oh, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. coming back to it, I think at the end of the day, the research is going to be lagging with how we show this kind of, again, cash base can mean many different things. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's hard to define within a research context. But in terms of outcomes, that's the big thing for me is I say, hey, if you paid me $2,000 right now and we did whatever we had to do to get you through this back pain episode, like, A, you're probably going to actually save money. Uh, B, you're going to get better outcomes than if you go through that traditional model, um, which, again, I think you and I uh, are very unfortunately aware of. Um, and, and again, it's that you know traditional model is you, you have some back pain, you try some uh, pain pills, maybe, then you go maybe to a chiropractor. And again, mm-hmm. uh, when I started uh, at the start of COVID uh, lockdown, I did a course with Evidence in Motion at the time. They, we focused around a, an article, research article that came out, a uh, survey base that said physical therapists were the fifth provider yeah. of preference uh, yep. when it comes to back pain. And again, as a profession, that's why I, I asked the question about the APTA. How are we going to gather as an organization, as a profession, uh, which I think, again, we, we do a really bad job of not to just, you know, pick on on the APTA by any means. I used to be a big fan. Um, <laughs> and I just I want to see that change enacted. And I know some of that requires some participation. And I'm always battling with that myself. But, yeah, you know, annual physical checkup. Like right. we should be doing that. That should yeah, like the yeah, dentist yeah. did so great. Yeah. Um, you know, there's all these pieces where it's it's just hard to get all together where, you know, a lot of the resources that the profession has is dealing with battling insurance and Medicare and all that stuff. So anyway, that's my ramble. Um, (laughs) I mean, there's, yeah, there's, there's uh, a lot to unpack there. (laughs) Uh, uh, And depends on where you want to go with it. I mean, as far as I think for, um, 
for physical therapists to understand a little bit better our own value is to go back into our history a little bit and uh, where did physical therapy start? And I was fascinated with this as I learned this history a little bit. Uh, I mean, this was a woman started profession, right? Mm -hmm. uh, right after between World War One and World War Two, where nurses were doing uh, rehabilitation in in uh, these injury wards or uh, places where the soldiers were uh, in really rough shape, and they were trying to reconstruct them to get them back out. Uh, at least out of the infirmary and <laughs> ambulatory and that type of thing. So they started, they had patients that they brought in and then they discharged those patients. Right. And then, you know, 20, 30 years later, as we start to become a profession uh, outside of hospitals and have outpatient clinics, for some reason, we've still maintained this discharge mentality. Yeah. And uh, it, as training has improved and increased over, and now we're all doctoral programs with a little bit more knowledge and a little bit better ability to uh, consume research and apply it. Um, now, I'm not sure that the discharge model really fits anymore. Um, right. And that's, uh, it's very challenging to overcome that in a, in a insurance-based model because insurance is based on that type of model or rather that model is held hostage by insurance <laughs> so mm -hmm. that, it's difficult to progress but in a in a cash world um still operating within our scope of practice for that state and still meeting all the obligations and and rules that we're supposed to meet um you can provide much better service for your patients. I'll give you just one example of a patient that I saw yesterday who is uh, she's a former soldier. She's 47 years old. She wants to be um, a state trooper here in Colorado. Right. So she's going to go through tro state trooper training. And she came to talk to me because, hold on a second, let me decline this. Call. Sorry, I thought I'd turn that off. Uh, her main issue is she had a knee injury about 10 years ago. She's had trouble with flexion in her knee for a long time. She even has a history of doing uh, jujitsu and combatives. And she feels like she can't do it because she can't do a simple thing like kneel in a, in a uh, mounted position for ground fighting, right? And so she, she's like, hey, I've been to see traditional therapy. They got me to functional and then I was discharged. She said they told me I'd never run again. And that's, that's where I'm at. So uh, what can we do about this? I said, well, let's, let's try. I mean, I evaluated her. She did have some laxity in her LCL. She was negative on all special tests for other ligamentous structures and meniscus in her knee. It's like, well, maybe, maybe it's just uh, build her tolerance up. Uh, we've been working together about four weeks now. Yesterday we did uh Takedown lunges, if you know what those are, it's essentially doing a lunge to another lunge without coming up to a standing position. She was, I, I couldn't even really work with her anymore because she was just so delighted and excited. <laughs> hey, I can I can kneel in this position, put full weight through my knee and go into a lunging position to the next to the next. She's like, this is well worth the the uh, mm -hmm. the package that she bought. Yeah. So yeah. And you know, I I know within the cash base place a uh, space i always say cost is what you pay and value is what you get and so how valuable is it to you to be able to get back to running for you know yeah. pain-free 
yeah. without having to worry about re-injuring things. And, uh, you know, that that's something I've always, again, struggled with. I think, you know, the book I'm reading now is To Sell is Human. Um, and I've always been cringed out by by being a sleazy car salesman. And, you know, I, that's why I love Rob Wolf, who I had on here recently. And it's, you know, here's my sleazy car salesman spiel is like, hey, let's try this for the next 30 days and let's see if it makes some progress. And, you know, again, we're going to have really clear rules about what we're looking at of, again, how well do you kneel on the floor? And it, again, if it goes down to a two out of 10 discomfort level and a one out of 10 and eventually a zero out of 10, like, is that something that's valuable to you? Yes. Um, so, you know, it, it's, right. it's hard to sell that compared to, you know, people are more likely to go and spend, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars on stem cell injections. Um, if they have that, that money or, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, and it's, you know, maybe it does help a little bit, but it's also, it's gambling, you know, it's, I don't, I I would say it's like 20% effective in the research is what I've seen. Um, and, and also anecdotally, and then, you know, also out here is something I've seen, you know, I have my gripes with chiropractors and all that. And, you know, I've had plenty on here. And again, like you said, I, I try to work with them. I'm actually about to go have one check out my collarbone, um, which is a whole nother story. Uh, we can tell another day, but <laughs> so I definitely trust my body to chiropractors. I know that, uh, you know, we, we have to go past the the terms, but out here in Boulder, I've had a number of folks come to me that, uh, we're hanging out, having dinner with some friends and they're saying, Hey, like you, you help people with back pain, right? I'm like, yeah. And they, so they run this thing by me and they're like, uh, I, I was about to buy this $6,000 package for chiropractic services for the next six months. And they have like a financing office that they had to go and talk to. And they were like, oh, like we can work with you on the percentages and the finance and like, and like, it's a whole business. And, and again, yeah, it's like, what are you getting for that $6,000? I, you know, I would love to see anyone who's really getting results. Um, and, and that's the hard thing to do is uh, again, in this Instagram age, and I'm actually on my, I have another podcast uh, called the Demand Better Podcast. And we're talking about influencers and kind of that culture. We, we touched on a little bit earlier in this conversation, but of just the difficulty of, of separating and talking about like, Hey, a year from now, we can have you feel better than ever, healthier than ever. Uh, but you gotta, you know, we gotta work together and it's going to cost you this much over the next year. Um, versus again, $6,000. I just show up, I get, you know, a traction device thing. And like, they were promising me that it's going to feel better. Uh, what does the research show? absolutely nothing um you know or, or next to nothing so again i don't want to make it too absolute in any direction but i do think sure, we sure. have a a marketing problem um i think there's a lot of uh stories and and uh anecdotes and things that we have to kind of overcome uh which is you know an additional hurdle so again within the cash-based model and i don't know how you guys uh, talk about it with pt biz and again i'll let danny talk about it as well tomorrow but uh if you I'd, I'd love to hear your take on kind of you know, I, I appreciate the the politically correct, uh, you know, <laughs> um, um, multidisciplinary approach and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, there's this marketing piece where, again, we as physical therapists have to sit, you know, is it just continuing to have good, you know, that's one of the things when I dove into the cash-based thing is have as many testimonials as you can. Like that's, that's oh, what's sure. really going to win you over uh, yeah. or win people over. But like, I don't know, I have close to a hundred five-star reviews on Google. I've, I've had, again, some of my success stories on here you know i don't find that that's been the thing that's you know driven a lot of business my way um oh, it's, wow. it's still a very non-traditional approach and again when i've talked to business coaches it comes back to like well who do you want to work with and if you niche down the niches are in the riches yeah again if i focus on golf i'm sure i'd be making two hundred thousand dollars in the next few months 
Um, you know, if I really dive into that and make myself the golf guy or the CrossFit guy or whatever the thing is, and I just, it just doesn't feel authentic to me. And I'm trying to continue to balance that authenticity or the dry needling guy, if you, <laughs> but, yeah, sure. um, yeah. So I think my question in there is, is yeah. What have you seen in, in, uh, in that space and in terms of a marketing piece, again, coming back to the profession, um, I had Kelly Starrett on here. Mm -hmm. uh, with his wife, uh, Juliet. And, and, yeah. you know, I kind of reached out to them and said, like, you know, is there hope for the fitness space, for the profession, for, you know, the way healthcare spending is going, the way we think about our bodies as a profession? I'm, I'm like, I'm pining for a uh, Jack LaLanne figure to come in and save us all and be like, you know, <laughs> this and not Dr. Oz, who is unfortunately an example of how that can all go wrong. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think luckily he's been shown to be a bit of a snake oil salesman. And, and, you know, he's running for a political office right now. And that's a whole nother story. But <laughs> but from a medical perspective, you know, the biggest things we've had in the last few years is these fitness influencers, uh, the biggest loser show. So Jillian Michaels and yeah. um, Bob Harper. Um, mm. And there's just a lot of bad, I think, for for most of us, I, I think, uh, who understand the research. We, we don't love what's being out there, but at the same time, it's what sells. So there's a, a thing there. So anyway, I've rambled on long enough. I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Of the question being, um, yeah, where, where, you know, you have a little hope, it sounds like, from the last time we touched on it, but I'm, I'm, I'm not satisfied. <laughs> uh, I mean, as far as, you know, here's the deal. To be an effective physical therapist, you need, you need to be able to sell. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's true in the insurance model. You need right. to be able to sell people on doing their home exercise program. Mm -hmm. You need to sell people on, on coming consistently to their therapy. And uh, if they don't come consistently you or, or don't do their home exercise program, you, you failed to sell them on it. And so maybe you do need to work on sales. And none of us wants to be a salesman. But it's, it's true in almost any profession. <laughs> You've got to sell what it is that you're doing. Now, I, do, do we want to be disingenuous? Of course not, right? Um, and there are there are there are some disingenuous uh, practitioners out there. I th I think it's the minority. Uh, most of us have a true desire. The reason we got into this was to help people and make people better. Um, what what you need to be able to do is reconcile the salesmany part of that with the uh, the ability to provide an outcome for your patient. Um, I, I don't fault that chiropractor for charging 6,000 bucks if, if they're getting results. Are they getting the results they need? Now, if it, if it turns into, no, they didn't get results and it turns into a collections type of situation, then I, that, maybe that's shady. But uh, if uh, I, I knew a practitioner, she was an athletic trainer and physical therapy doc and worked with professional football players. And for her, it was thousand dollars a day. Right. You pay her a thousand dollars a day. She, she works with that individual. They come and stay near her house or she goes out to see them or whatever, you know? And, uh, I don't know if, if, she, if it didn't work, if she wasn't helping people, mm -hmm. she wouldn't have a, she wouldn't have a job. She wouldn't have right. a business. They wouldn't be referring because it's largely word of mouth that she's doing that. As far as being successful selling yourself, I mean, so many ways to do that. Probably the best way is just getting out and, and meeting people. Um, the, uh, the president of physio room, Chris Robel 
uh, he, he really wants me to be successful down here in Colorado Springs. I, I decided I've done my own cash pay practice since 2013. I did it in Georgia. I did it in Florida. I did it a little bit in New York, a little bit here in Colorado. And I, I, as I was retiring from the military, I was like, hey, I want to do this full time. And I think I could have built it to what I wanted it to be. But when I met Chris, uh, it's like, man, this guy is doing exactly what I want to do. And he's uh, in the place where I want to be. And I just asked him to sit down one time and talk to him about it. And he was hesitant. He's had business partners before that it kind of got burned with that. And uh, we, anyway, we've come to a consensus. It's a, it's a trial period, but he is very interested in my success. He came down, well, that was about three weeks ago. He came down to Colorado Springs, spent the whole day, took all, all of his own time out of his clinic in, in uh, Highlands Ranch and came down here to see me. And we went and we visited I think six different businesses. We walked into three CrossFit gyms, a Pilates gym. We saw a personal trainer. And then we saw a, uh, a gut health functional hmm. medicine doc. And uh, it was just five minute conversations. Oh, and a climbing gym. We went to a climbing gym too. And every one of those folks, except for one, one was just kind of, eh, but the rest were like <laughs> uh, wanting, wanting to talk to us and see what we mm-hmm. could offer them and provide for them. And that's just one step in in your sales and right. providing something for the community. And as we talked to those individuals, we're like, you know what, the, the number one thing we'd like to do with you is uh, run some kind of seminar for your staff or for your patrons. Mm-hmm. Um, and an example we gave them was recently we ran a, a running class for a CrossFit gym and mm-hmm. we had three coaches there. We had uh, th- uh, 30 participants and we ran it through this running class and they walked away with at least a couple of more drills or Mm -hmm. skills that they could use to improve their skill of running. And out of that came three patients for me. Right. So with three, three patients uh, said, Hey, this was really helpful, but I need some more attention with Mm -hmm. this. Right. And uh, that, so the way that we can sell is just, providing service for people, providing the thing that they, that, that they're looking for. Bring, bring value, show that you can provide value. value. Yep. yep. That's, that's right. That's, that's right. And that, and again, I think that's the problem with our marketing and, and uh, <laughs> as a profession, uh, I, again, I don't want to continue to be the negative Nancy, but I kind of, it's, it's, it's who I am. Um, <laughs> no, but one thing that really bothered me with the American Physical Therapy Association is um, I think it was right before lockdown uh, or the, within the year before that they did a big thing and they spent uh, probably over a million dollars in some kind of ad within at Times Square. And uh-huh. Times Square is a big deal. I don't know if you remember this, but, uh, you know, what do, what do you think they showed on these billboards in Times Square? Uh, probably, you know, one of the biggest traffic areas and, and best places to advertise anything. And I was, you know, what do you think they showed? Oh, probably some gate training or uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. someone in parallel bars and, yeah. and with the person next to them, look at, you know, for supporting yeah. them. And, yeah. and again, it's like, what is, what is that for? Who's that? What is it? It's just a marketing disconnect of, you know, are we really trying to get the person who's insurance based and has a gate issue? Are they not going to, you know, we, we already own that domain. Like yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yep, we do. You know, what are we doing? <laughs> are we trying to get better awareness of physical therapy? And unfortunately, you know, I always look at, you know, I've been looking at this since since I've gotten into the profession in 2005 uh, of, you know, how are we portrayed in movies, on TV shows. Oh, and, sure, and, yeah. You know, and we don't have as much control over that. 
Uh, one of the recent examples is Cobra Kai, which is a very popular show on Netflix. And the, th the physical therapist goes into the home and he's able to stretch out the kid who's having yeah. trouble walking. If you saw that episode yeah, and he's it. very like hippy dippy, California, whatever. I don't know what the, mm -hmm. what the stereotype is supposed to be, but it's like, he didn't really do much. And then it took, uh, you know, Sensei Lawrence or, you know, the, the motivate uh, him <laughs> to motivate him to really be yeah. the real therapist to get him to walk again yeah, and, yeah. And, be, and recover. So it was a little bit of like, what are we doing as a profession? Um, you know, and, and, and that's a chance to come out as, as the APTA, I think, and say, Hey, great. Like, you know, that's not who we are as a profession like that, you know, that, so yeah. Well, that's not, that's not the only thing that we, that's not the only right? thing too. And that yeah. becomes the other problem too, where again, uh, the last bit I think I want to leave on this is, is we're a very diluted profession um, yeah. because we have over 20, I think 24 special, special interest groups, um, you know, and, and you could talk about geriatrics, pediatrics, oncology, oncology. sports, yeah. uh, orthopedics, you know, dry needling, how, how we we're doing that radiology within the profession is a whole, you know, emerging thing. Uh, I'm, I'm relatively new to as well. I know you were able to um, order imaging through the military, but Colorado is one of the only one of the first states, the only first state I've been in again, similar to dry needling where I'm able to order imaging, order blood work yeah. um, and do needles. So anyway, bottom line is we're, we're a little unhappy with where the profession is as, as a whole. Uh, I mean, that's, that's going to take, it's going to take yeah. some education. It really yeah. is. Should we be at that point now? Yes, we absolutely should be. We're, we're just, we're not there yet. Yeah. Um, as far as the APTA, I mean, I've, I've gone through my period of my career where I was mm -hmm. like, I didn't, I wasn't a member of the APTA. I was right. like, uh, what have they ever done for me kind of thing. But then I met some folks that were in a local state chapter of the APTA and some others at, at a higher level. And they're, they're kind of standing there holding the bag saying, gosh, I wish we had some money so we could mm. get some stuff done, you know, and it's kind yeah. of this vicious cycle of, well, what have they ever done for me? And well, I wish we could do something if we had some money kind of thing. And, but then and, if they uh, take that money and they're spending a million dollars of it in, in Times Square. I get, and, hey, I get it. Um, <laughs> my, so the, uh, the I, I honestly, I think they need that input. You know, that conversation, yeah. this, this podcast would be great for a couple of people at that level to yeah. hear and, and, and have a conversation with and you. i've spoken yeah. with with those folks and mm -hmm. um I, and I, I actually i'm blanking on his name right now and i'd love to get him on here also uh, i did speak to his wife uh, i think he was the former president of the colorado chapter i forgot his name right now but mm. and then his wife is a functional medicine physical therapist oh, which wow. is fascinating to me and they're both in colorado mm. springs and i think they have a few clinics down there um but Ooh, yeah i have to get out and meet them yeah i forgot um i'll get it from you their name. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk on that soon. Uh, so anyway, I want to be respectful of your time. I think we've covered a lot of stuff and I don't want to keep being sour grapes, negative man over here. So, um, oh, hey, I mean, Bo, here's the deal. Are there things that need to improve? Yep. Let's improve. Let's be part of that solution. Um, I, I am so optimistic about this mm. profession. If, if you practice for more than five or 10 years as a physical therapist, I know you have reached at some point in your career, you've been like, oh man, I should have done something else. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, uh, but I, I promise that like finding what you want to do and making the job that you want to make, uh, right. again, I'm going to steal Danny's thunder, but he's like, when he was getting out of the military, he talked with Kelly Starrett. He's like, I just, the job that I want, it's not really out there. And, mm. and Kelly make said it. something to the effect of, Oh, you're gonna have to create yeah. it. You yeah. know? And mm -hmm. I, and, uh, he did, and I'm in, I, I have, and uh, been super happy with my career. I've had, mm -hmm. I've had those moments, but, uh, and I'm super optimistic about where the profession is going and where my career is going. So 
No, that's it, a, it's it a great message to leave great. us on. <laughs> and I'll tell you, and I'll, uh, the last thing I'll say is if you've got any listener out there that is just, you know, down on their luck or they're just mad about something, <laughs> uh, I, I would be more than happy to talk with them and just bounce some ideas off of them to see if we can get one, la one last effort before they throw in the towel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or even yeah. if it's not that far along, if it's just, you want, you want to chat, I'd love to chat with some people. So yeah, there's a lot of burnout out there for sure. And yeah, a lot of people, right. unfortunately, that's, so that's a little bit of what you're alluding to. And uh, yeah. I've definitely seen a, a number of PT switch to medical device sales. That's where all the sure. money is yeah. uh, because they get frustrated with the, the, mm -hmm. the ceiling on professional growth. And again, what's currently out there. And most people don't have the patience or skill set to, or the right resources to, to, you know, create that dream job. Yeah. Um, you know, I literally was talking to someone and they're like, why don't you just go work with the Denver Broncos? And I'm like, it's not, it's like, why don't I just go be in the next Quentin Tarantino movie? Like, I don't, it's, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it, they're very limited positions. And like, and also I haven't done like the 20 years of work specifically designed for that target. The people who are in those positions probably have done that. Hey, work. So, and here's the deal. Are those jobs cool and sexy? Yeah, they are. Do you mm -hmm. work your tail off in right. those positions? Oh man. Yeah, there, there's a lot of yeah. I have a few friends who are doing those positions, and yeah. yeah at the end yeah. of the day, when you break down what you're making per hour, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's not exactly. It's great to have on your resume. Oh yeah. uh, for the future, I think people look at it like, oh, you work for this team, very cool. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, past that, it's 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 not. You know, I learned that a long time ago, fortunately. So yeah, I, I want to leave it on that kind of positive note, and uh, yeah, yeah, just tell folks where they can find you. I'm going to put your Joe Walsh in the background here as you. As we look that up. <laughs> You know, to look up my bio and maybe come see me as a patient or even just connect. You can uh, find it at physioroomco.com. Um, I'm on Instagram as in power performance on Twitter as in power performance or Dr. Nate, uh, EP Dr. Nate. Uh, those are, those are great places to touch base, um, and, uh, start a conversation. Awesome. And we'll get that all that in the show notes. Uh, otherwise appreciate you spending the time. Uh, hopefully we can connect in person soon since we're only about an hour or something apart. Yeah, I'm teaching uh, up in Denver next month and in December nice. also. Is that, is that the DN2? Uh, let's see, between now and then, I think I'm doing DN1, DN2, and uh, Spinal Manipulation 1. I still, I still got to get DN2 in, but... <laughs> well, let's squeeze it in. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, on that note, guys, come out, take a course with Dr. Nate and, uh, again, Take advantage of all those. He's offering you free free advice. Take advantage. <laughs> Come on in. Uh, yep. So thank you. And hope you guys got at least 1% better. Don't forget to share this out with someone you think will like it. If you know someone in the physical therapy profession, who might be on the edge of that burnout again come come talk to us let's see what we can do let's see if we can provide a little optimism hope and uh yeah i'm curious how this uh plays with uh danny tomorrow so nice. uh we'll leave you guys with that talk to you next time and, thanks bro yep thanks